So it's the end of the year. What lessons have you learned? You know, we learned a lot and we talked to a lot of people that learned a lot in 2022 and we'd like to share that with you today. So I'm Chester Elton. This is the Anxiety at Work podcast and I'm joined by my good friend and co-author, Adrian <laughs> Why, thanks, Jess. Yeah, today we're going to talk about what we've learned from all the leaders we've worked with over 2022 and hopefully give you some things to think about as you as you build an amazing culture within your team. And as always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work. Yeah, we broke it down into a, a couple of things. And I think, you know, the hybrid work thing is still a big issue with people, isn't it, Adrian? And, you know, you've written so many wonderful articles about trusting your people and trusting that no matter where they are, that they're actually working. So, you know, tease that out a little bit for me. Yeah, I think if there's one lesson, and you and I, you know this, we, we do a lot of executive coaching. And one of the first things people will tell us is, okay, so we're still trying to figure out a hybrid work. And what we can tell them is everybody is still trying to figure out hybrid work. Um, you know, what we've learned is that, look, nobody's got this down to a science yet, but we're starting to, to see some of the things that are working well. You know, for instance, trust your people, no matter where they are, uh, yep. whether they're with you or whether they're not, you know, make sure you're, you trust them that they're getting the work done. That means as a manager, you probably have to pay more attention than you've ever paid before, right? You're checking in with them frequently, right, Chess? Well, and, and the thing, I think the word that keeps coming up that people need to really embrace, and that is trust. I mean, you've hired these people, they're on your team, you're, hopefully you're cheering for them. Do you trust them? And, and again, you don't have to equate necessarily hours work to productivity. You know, there's a lot of productivity that's happening in early morning and late night. And so when the work is getting done, Let's not work, uh, worry so much about punching the clock. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good good thought. You know, one of the other ideas is that it, it, when you're bringing your people together, when, when they're in the office, you know, we used to just say, look, no, you're here Monday to Friday, 8 to 6 or whatever. That's that's just when you're here. And, but it was almost parallel work. We, we weren't really working with others. So now what we're seeing, the smart leaders are saying, look, you're going to be in Monday and Thursday or whatever it is, or it's Wednesday and Friday, um, trying to avoid, you know, the rush hours, this that, and the other. But when we're here, we're actually going to work together. I don't know if you're seeing this more. So, so that we're, when we're here, we're going to collaborate. We're going to brainstorm. You know, your eight or nine hours in the office, you know, six of it is going to be spent working together. And, and people are finding that it's a lot more productive than just simply coming in and, and, you know, seeing each other around the water cooler now and then. Yeah, I think that's one of the big lessons learned. You know, company said, okay, you got to be in uh, three days a week or two days a week, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Everybody was choosing different days. <laughs> exactly. You know, I've got a friend that's a lawyer and he said, you know, I would come in, but no one else was here. We got a floor that, you know, handles like 250 people and there'd be 30 people on the floor. I think one of the lessons learned is when we come in, if we want to collaborate in person, let's make sure that Wednesday is our day. You know, mm -hmm. now there's always going to be exceptions. If Wednesday is our day, that's when we get to be together. I think that was a great lesson learned that it's not just the number of days, it's which days and what are we going to do? And do we have a great, you know, agenda? Do we look what we're going to, you know, accomplish that day? And, and again, you know, I think we're social animals. I think we yeah. do have a need to get together, maybe not five days a week or, mm -hmm. you know, depending on your job, six days a week. 
uh, we, we do need that time well, together. So when we I, show up, let's show up together. Right? And I think your point is really good. You know, when you say we're social animals, you know, there are different groups. If you're running a customer service department, it's probably going to be a lot more social group than if you're running an IT department. I know I'm generalizing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you have to know your people. You know, if you are, you know, have a, an HR group or a customer service group where there are more people people, you know, maybe they do want to be in three days a week or more. Um, whereas you know, maybe more of a, a group of, if you will, loners, programmers or engineers or others who may be a little less social, then, yeah, allow them to come in a, a little less. So it's getting to know your group. And one of the other things, too, is, you, you know, we've done a lot of study of millennials and Gen Z. Now, this is a group, too, again, generalizing. But overall, this is a group that likes to work together. All through school, they've been used to doing projects. Probably your kids did this too. You know, back when you know when I was going through, like, say, high school and stuff, I don't think I did a single group project. Now <laughs> everything is group, and they realize they can get a lot done in groups, and they like working in groups. And then they come into the workplace, and then the pandemic hits, and they really are struggling working on their own, out you know, without any support or help. Yeah, I mean, even the video games, you know, my kids, when they play video games, they're, they're bringing in friends from all around the country, if not all around the world, you know, to, uh, to play the games. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that collaboration. There's, uh, you know, we, we've uh, had the family for the various holidays and stuff. And one of the games they love to play is called Crew. And it's a game where you don't have a winner, you win as a team. And it's so interesting, as you mentioned, that I thought, you know, there's four or five games that my kids really like to play. And it's like, hey, we all win. It's like, huh, you know, my generation was kill or be killed. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a much different game mentality. Uh, one last point on this is that, you know, you are right. You've got to find what does collaboration mean in your team, in your department. You know, one of my sons is in analytics. And one of the great blessings of the pandemic is they didn't have that commute into the city and back. Yeah. They had more time. And because they're all techno-focused, they're very comfortable collaborating online. Their productivity over the last couple of years has shot up. That's awesome. I mean, and so it's really interesting. And so they did push back when they said, hey, you want us to be in, you yeah. know, in the office three days a week? You know, really, we only need one. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, and, yeah. and and they won that argument, which which I thought was a great on both sides. They knew what they wanted, and the company knew what was going to be best for that team. Right. That, that's awesome. That's great. And that one day probably gives them a lift, as you say, gives them the social that they need. You know, one of the other things. So first lesson really was is is nobody's figured out hybrid completely, but you've got to figure out hybrid. The right. the second thing I think we've seen a lot is that. You know, in the back in the good old days before the pandemic, you know, we, we liked rule followers. Now companies are listening more to their radicals because, you know, we're just in a different world than we've ever seen before. And if we just keep doing the same things we've always done, uh, we're not going to be successful. And so really, we have to find ways to get people to open up, to be more creative and, and to really find ways to pull out the best ideas. I don't know if you're seeing this with the clients you're working with. Yeah, well, you know, over the last two or three years have taught us that, you know, the, the norm is never going to be the norm again. 
And so you've got to be creative and you've got to be very flexible. I think that's another big lesson is creative and flexible. Well, who are the people that are going to be the most flexible? They're going to be thinking outside the box. They're going to be your out of the box rogues, the, the crazies. I mean, everybody's got a term for me. Ah, that guy's crazy. Say, so, you know what? He may have 10, you know, wacky ideas. If one of them hits, it could it could be revolutionary for, for your business. Yeah. And so this idea of I'm going to listen to everybody. And I'm going to make it safe for people to get a little crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we've seen this with many of our clients where they said, look, we've got to figure out a different way to do things. It's just not resonating anymore. What are your ideas? And everything is fair game. You know, whether you're whiteboarding it, you're doing it online, you're talking to your customers, you're visiting your competitors. What's out there? Let's continue to evolve. Absolutely. I've seen now, it everywhere. Now, with that said, now here's what we see. Now, you and I have seen this so many times. In fact, we were part of this. We were once with a bigger organization, and we were the we were the outliers. We were doing really creative stuff. And what do organizations want to do? They want to pull you back in, right? Uh, and they, they just can't help themselves. We've had leaders of some of the, you know, like Fortune 10 companies tell us, look, we love innovation. And then we kill innovation because we can't <laughs> we can't help ourselves. So how do so what kind of advice would you give for for that? Because whether we, we have this it's not invented here syndrome, we have we want to make it a part of the corporate malaise, and then it all gets vanilla. Um, what what advice do you have to not quash innovation? Well, you know, I, I think you just have to be honest about that. You know, uh, our experience is not uncommon, right? Yeah. Say, we love all this innovation. Look at that stuff. Now we're going to grab you and we stuff you back in that box. <laughs> it's kind of like everybody's got to wear three-piece suits again. You can, okay, I can. Uh, I, th I think what happens is you've got to watch who stays and who leaves. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start to quash innovation, pe people do leave. And they'll say, look, I just don't fit here anymore. When we were having fun and we were innovating, it was great. And I, and I had a place and I had a voice. Then when you pull it all back and say, okay, now we're all wearing the same uniform and, and so on, you're going to lose people. And once you start losing those people, I think that's a, that's, a, that, that's a heads up. I think it's always nice to have your black box people. You know, have that little laboratory where you're allowed to go and experiment. Mm. And as long as you keep that alive, you know, um, Scott O'Neill, one of our, our favorite leaders, you know, when he was with the um, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, they always had this group off to the side. And it was like their lab. They called yeah. it the innovation lab. And, and yeah, you're going to innovate and you may bring it back and you may kill it. <laughs> the thing is, you're still innovating. As long yeah. as you've got that lab, that safe place, I think that's a, a great learning for companies. Make sure you've got those outliers, and they've got a, they've got their place, they've got their treehouse, they've yeah. got their garage, wh whatever it is, and leave them alone. Let, let them let them run yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, and then see if you can't spread that around. With many of our books, we talk about organizations that have done that very well, like Avis, like Texas Roadhouse, et cetera, where they try things and see if they work in little pockets. That, that's great. Now, here's one of the other things we've heard from 2022 is that there is a tail on this dog of the pandemic. Um, you know, people sort of acting like, oh, it's over, it's over. And and, there, <laughs> and for so many people, there is, the tail of it is the mental health tail. Yeah. And, and so we've heard this over and over this year is that team, the really good managers we're working with are digging below the fine. You know, how are you doing today? Fine. And, and so in one, one group I was just working with, an auto company in December, and one of the leaders was telling me, he says, we, you know, we go around, we're, we're all virtual still, most of our meetings, and he says, we go around, how you doing, how you doing, great, great, great. And then we, then we go around a second time, 
And we go, okay, now, Chester, how are you really doing? Okay, Susan, how are you really doing? And he says that, those, that second round is amazing. He says, everybody opens up. And he says, I know, he says, I never would have done this in 2019. He says, but I do it in 2022 because we have to. We have to be more empathetic than we've ever been. Yeah, and be a better listener. You know, yeah. I always say, uh, look, people, I'm fine. You don't need to worry about me. Yeah. As soon as somebody says, you don't need to worry about me, you should immediately start worrying about those people. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, I, I, I love this mentality. You know, we talk about the chickens. We talk about getting past the fine, I think, is is a great lesson. Because we are so easily, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be seen as weak. We don't want to be the center of attention for all the what we think are the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. Oh, they're fragile, or they're this, or they're that, and so we just say, "Hey, I'm fine." No, really, I'm fine. <laughs> you don't need to worry about me. And and how do you how do you do that? You know, one of the things we learned from all the research we did on anxiety at work is say, you know. That's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear things are going so well for you. I have noticed. And just say, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I noticed gets translated to I care. We yeah. talk about this a lot. And so getting below that, that fine and, and just that one extra question or the one extra call, hey, just checking in, just yeah. checking in. I want to make sure that everything's okay. You know, I, and then share your, you know, your story. Hey, I, I, I know I say I'm fine a lot. And lots of times I'm not fine. <laughs> I just want to make sure that when you say you're fine, you're really fine. You know, you'll find your cadence. You'll yeah. find your relationships. And it goes a long way to building trust, I think. Well, I love that idea that you're adding there of vulnerability yourself as a leader. We, we want to be the impervious to any any challenges out there. We want to be Superman or woman. And, and we're not. And And the more vulnerable we are as leaders saying... You know, oh, oh, you're fine. Oh, really? Because I'm, I've had a heck of a <laughs> heck of a holiday season. Let me tell you all the things that have gone on, et cetera. That's okay. And then they may be able to say, oh, yeah, we've we've had some issues too. And and then it might start opening up. So I love that vulnerability. Well, one last thing on that is say, really, you're fine. What's your secret? Because my <laughs> life is a mess. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So the last one, which I don't know if you know much about, it's it's a concept called gratitude. And so <laughs> let me help you now. For those of you who don't know, Chester right now is wearing all orange. I think probably his underwear are orange too, because he's the carrot guy. He uh, he lives and breathes gratitude. So why is gratitude so important? And why is it a lesson that leaders have learned more this year than? Ever. You know, isn't it so funny? It always comes back to gratitude, doesn't it? If you if you want to give yourself a mental break and a mental boost, you know, just take a step back, whether you've got a gratitude journal or some gratitude rituals in your life. Uh, just say, look, you know, you, you look around. Uh, most people listening to this podcast, I would be willing to bet everybody, 99% of the world would trade places with you in a heartbeat. I mean, you say, oh, we've got this and we've got this. And yet... You know, and I love that. And yet, you know, look at your relationships, look at the places we live, look at the freedoms we have, look at the opportunities we have. I mean, I'm always reminded, you know, we've got neighbors who have relatives in Ukraine say, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. You know, going through those freezing winters and not having any heat and not, you know, wondering if a rocket is going to come through your window. And and you look at, you know, we've got a, a big Asian population where I live and they've got friends and relatives in China. And, and, you know, the pandemic is over. Well, tell the Chinese, you know, they're having all kinds of troubles over there. So and I'm, I don't want to position this in that, well, there's always somebody worse than you. <laughs> that, that's not the message. The message is. 
take a step back and say, look at all the things I'm grateful for. Look at all the people that love me. Look at all the people that are cheering for me. Look at all the opportunities I have. And, and, and one other tip, don't compare yourself to your neighbors or to your friends on Facebook or Instagram. Just be very comfortable with where you are and where you're going. I, I think, you know, starting the day with gratitude and ending the day with gratitude is just a wonderful way to start the day yeah. and a wonderful reset at the end of the day to just calm your nerves. That's our eighth strategy in anxiety at work. <laughs> exactly. You know, make a gratitude list, right? Exactly. You know, and I, I think the leaders that we've worked with this year, you know, one of the things we find as we go in and we start working with leaders is this is something that they have forgotten over the, because they become so busy. And they're, yeah. they, they're always successful leaders we're working with. Maybe it's a mid-level leader who wants to get to the C-suite or it's a CEO who wants to, to leave an amazing legacy or make a difference. And oftentimes, this is the low-hanging fruit that they, they have forgotten. And, and so the leaders that I think you both of us have worked with over this last year realize you know, they've, they have more influence over the engagement, happiness, and creative output of their employees than they may have realized. And expressing gratitude for the incremental progress is key. Um, you know, who do, we, who do we do better work for? You know, somebody who ignores us or somebody who recognizes our accomplishments? Well, obviously, the latter. And yeah. so, yeah. You know, one, one last point on this, too, on gratitude. I, I think the expression, uh, a great expression of gratitude is service. You know, so often we get caught up in our woe is me. You know, get out and, and serve. You know, volunteer somewhere. You know, uh, toys for tots or jackets for, for the homeless. Uh, you know, passing out food at a food kitchen. I, I think that that is an expression of gratitude is when you serve, you know, whether it's family members or your community. Get out and do something for someone else. It'll, it'll make you feel great. They'll get a huge uh, boost out of it. And it does remind you of how many blessings and, and, and the gratitude that you have in your own life. Wonderful. Well, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. You know, wh whatever you've gone through in 2022, I, I got a Christmas card or a holiday card uh, recently that just summed up the year perfectly. It just read, well, that was weird. You know, <laughs> and it is. It seems like and it every was. Year, <laughs> every year is a little weirder than the last one. But we, we all met. We all got it through together. And uh, and hopefully, you know, as you end this year, think about, OK, what leadership lessons did I take away? Because sometimes we're all thinking, oh, I'm going to set my goals for next year. And that's great. But before you do that, yeah, think about what you learned from last year. And, you know, we learned from last year that we have an amazing producer in Brent Klein who puts <laughs> all this sure mess together for us to Christy Lawrence, who helps produce and, and, and find just great, amazing guests for us. And we are thankful and grateful to all of you who listened in. Yeah, we don't have a show without you. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please download it, share it with friends and family. We are appreciative of our, our community. You know, and follow us online on LinkedIn. We publish a wonderful gratitude journal. We've got wonderful articles. Adrian is writing constantly for Forbes magazine as well. And if you're looking for a great speaker for a conference coming up, whether it's virtual or live, we love to talk about culture, leadership, mental health in the workplace, and of course, gratitude. What did I miss, Adrian? Well, nothing. Uh, that's great. I, I wonder if we just need a 20-minute podcast, though, and I see we're at 19 minutes right now. So let's just have a minute of silence. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Buy the book. Oh, wait a minute. Buy the book. That's, oh, that's what right. Forget. That's right. Buy let's the buy the book. Yeah, Anxiety at Work, it'll help you with your mental health and your team's mental health. So everybody, thank you so much. Happy holidays and a happy 2023 to all of you. Mm -hmm.